Uh, sometime back, I, I received an email a message that was entitled, um, Things I Really Don't Understand. Uh, interesting thing is, about 25 years ago, I received the same thing and a hard copy of, typed out on a piece of paper from one of our members. And uh, I'm wondering now how in the world we used to uh, spread this information or share this information before the wonderful news could uh, be shared on, on the Internet uh, and through email. Uh, but uh, there's some questions I think that sometimes maybe we could uh, ask because there seems to be no clear-cut answer. Like, why do doctors and lawyers call what they do practice? Um, why is abbreviation such a long word? Why is it that when you're driving and looking for an address, you turn down the volume on your radio? Why is a boxing ring square? Uh, what was the best thing before sliced bread? And how do they get the deer to cross the highway at those yellow signs? And how did a fool and his money get together in the first place? Now, those are all kind of a, a lighthearted reminder that there are some things in life that just seem like uh, we really don't understand and there's really no answer for that. Well, we'll also focus on prayer today, and prayer can be one of those things if we don't understand the true concept about prayer. See, prayer is a gift that God gives to us to be able to communicate with him. Prayer is given to us for our spiritual growth, for seeking guidance, for knowing God's will, and for knowing God as the Father. In our scripture for today, uh, Jesus says this is a parable that he has for us, found in Luke 18, 1 through 8. And I think there's some things in this parable that he teaches us uh, that we can learn more uh, about prayer as we understand these words from Jesus. And Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, what does God want us to learn about prayer from this parable? Now, it's an interesting story, an interesting parable that Jesus tells us. Sometimes it sounds kind of strange when we first hear it. Uh, there are two main characters, an arrogant, atheistic, uh, non-caring judge and a widow who evidently has some kind of adversary who's aggravating her. And so she is persistent in coming to the judge and asking for the judge to do something to help her and to relieve her from that adversary. And she keeps coming. She keeps coming. She keeps coming. I think the judge uses the word uh, that she's pestering him about that. And finally, the judge relents and he brings her justice and he says, so she won't eventually wear me out with his coming. Now, it could be at that point that you might think, you know, that's really not an admirable characteristic trait of God that Jesus is talking about, about his answering our prayers. And you're right. That's precisely 
the point that Jesus is making. Jesus was not presenting this atheistic, reluctant judge as a picture of what God is like in answering the request of his people. But he was picturing this atheistic, reluctant judge as a picture of what God is not like. See, the judge did not want to grant the widow's request, but God does want to grant our requests. What motivated the judge? The judge was driven by less than admirable motives. He just wanted this woman to leave him alone, quit pestering him. But God is driven by the best motives that there can be. So Jesus was not suggesting that God is like the judge, not that at all. Jesus was pointing out that God is different from the judge as day is from night. He's not likening them. He's contrasting them. And so we could call this a how much more parable that Jesus teaches us. Because I think in essence we boil it down. Jesus is saying, if a selfish, arrogant, unfeeling, unjust judge can help you if you ask, then how much more will God help you and answer you who loves you intensely when you ask for help? Now, with that being understood about this parable that Jesus tells, I think we need to look quickly at, I think, three things that we can learn about prayer uh, in this parable. The first one is simply this, that God delights in answering our prayers. See, God delights in answering our prayers. When you compare them, you see that the judge is the exact opposite of what God is. And that's the whole point about the parable. So this parable is another window through which we see God. So if this atheistic, uncaring, unjust, reluctant judge will eventually give in and grant the widow her request, how much more will our loving, caring, heavenly Father grant our request to us? So the bottom line is that God answers prayers, and God is very eager to answer our prayers. There's a little bit, a tidbit of history about uh, Thomas Jefferson and when he was president, uh, that he was riding along with some people and they came to a stream that they had to cross. And there was a man standing there who needed to get on the other side. And when Jefferson came by on his horse, the man asked him if he would give him a ride over to the other side. And so Jefferson leaned down, helped the man up on the back of his horse. They crossed the stream, they got on the other side, and Jefferson put him off. Somebody came to that man and asked him, why did you ask the president of all people to take you across that stream? And the man said, well, I really didn't know it was the president, but I just looked at his face. He said, some faces are no faces, and some faces have yes written on them. He said, the president had yes written on his face. Well, I think the same thing is true about God. God delights in answering our prayers. He he is a yes God. He has a yes written on his face, his nature, and his character. How do we know that? Well, the Bible tells us that. I want to share some verses of Scripture with you about that. In Jeremiah 29, 19, the Scripture says, Then you will call upon me, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. There's Isaiah 65, 24. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. 
Job 27, 27, you will pray to him and he will hear you. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And then Matthew 7, 11, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You see, God is a yes God. He delights in answering the prayers of his children. That's lesson number one. The second lesson we learn from this story is that God desires, though, that we uh, persist in our praying. God desires that we persist in our praying. Now, how does this declaration about God apply to our lives today? Well, it has something to do with our attitude about our prayers, and that is he wants to answer our prayers. And our response then, or our duty, or our responsibility then in this is that we are to continue to pray. That, that is a, one of the encouragements that Jesus gives to us through the teaching here and in many other places that we're to be persistent in our praying. How many of you have ever had the experience that you've been praying for something? And it was a true burden. It was a true concern, a deep concern. And, and, and the categories could be wide-reaching. But you prayed about it, and then came no answer. And so over a period of time, you decided God's not going to answer that. He doesn't hear my prayer, and so you quit praying. And then that leads us to ask the question then that I know that many of us have had to have asked. I've asked it, and that is, does prayer really work? See, I think we have a mindset about asking God something through prayer and receiving that. Prayer is not like a vending machine approach to God, where you can come, put your money in, and have your choice of selections and press the buttons and it comes to you immediately. See, that's not how prayer works with God. And the Bible at the same time has many, many different examples of prayers that did not get answered the way those who ask it really desired it. Moses, for example. Moses prayed that God would overlook his sin of impatience and anger and frustration and that he would be allowed to lead the people into the promised land. Instead, God said no. And Moses died on Mount Nebo. And Joshua led the children of God into Canaan. God did not answer the prayer the way that Moses wanted it to do. Did Moses probably say, well, prayer doesn't work? We don't know. Don't know where he's buried. Don't know where his body, the range of his body would be. There are other examples of that. Moses, David, Paul, and Jesus. They prayed for things, and the answer didn't come the way that they asked for it to come. But they believed in prayer, and they continued to practice prayer. They persisted in prayer. See, to ask the question, does prayer work, is not the right question to ask. See, it takes us to a deeper level where we ask the question, what really is prayer? If prayer is not a vending machine approach to God to get what I want, then what is prayer? And I think if you just put it down in its simplest form, prayer is communication with God. 
Prayer is making connection with the God who stands at the center of all the universe and of all life and of all joy and learning. See, prayer is not a conquest through which we want to win things from God. Prayer is not a duty in which we think we can earn bonus points from God. Prayer is simply talking to God, talking with God, fellowshipping with God, and spending time with God so that you get to know more about God. And when we understand what prayer is, then we're in a better position to evaluate whether or not prayer works. See, if prayer is a conquest to get things from God, then the measure of effective prayer would be, no, it it, it doesn't work. Or if prayer is a duty in which we want to earn bonus points, then we would say, no, prayer does not work that way. But if prayer is, in all essence, communication with God, talking with God, getting to know God, building the relationship with God, then prayer works. See, prayer is talking with God and getting to know Him better. And that measurement of prayer says, yes, prayer works. Prayer is more than just simply asking things of God in the time that we spend with Him in our quiet time. But prayer is spent to get to know God better. And when we do that, then prayer always works. Even when we desperately plead for something to take place and it doesn't come. Even when we passionately ask God to give something that is wholesome and honest and good and spiritually right. Prayer still works. Why? Because it's in those times of passionately pleading with God and dialoguing with God that our relationship with God is deepened and we grow to know more about God. Some of the most effective prayers in the Bible are those from people who prayed persistently. In Psalm 55, verses 16 through 17, David said, I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. See, David didn't just pray one time. I think he prayed throughout the day as we are encouraged today. You know, Jesus prayed persistently for one specific thing that we know of. In the Garden of Gethsemane, on the night in which he would be betrayed and arrested, and then God's plan for the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins would ultimately take place through a time of abuse in a kangaroo court and ultimately through the crucifixion. And Jesus knew what he was facing. And it was there in the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus poured out his heart and the sweat was like drops of blood on his forehead. And he asked not once and not twice, but three times, Father, if it can be possible, take this cup from me. And God didn't answer that, but instead he gave him strength to endure, to fulfill his will. You remember the Apostle Paul had something that he called a thorn in his flesh. He prayed passionately for that, he said, about at least three times and asked God, begged God to remove that thorn from his flesh. He prayed persistently about it, but God chose not to remove the thorn from his flesh, but instead 
he gave him the grace that he needed to cope with that thorn in the flesh. So we need to learn in all of our journeying through learning about prayer that while God delights in answering our prayers, we have a role to play, and that is we must continue to persist in our prayer. And the reason for it is that we can, we can learn some things through that. This is what persistent prayer does for us. We've got some things here, up here. Number one, it makes us sure of what God wants. If you continue to spend time in prayer with God and getting to know Him, then it might change how you pray because you'll be sure of what God wants. Uh, secondly, it'll make us sure of what we want. Now, you, you really have time to evaluate your prayer that you offer up to God. The longer you spend time with God and the more that you pray with Him about a certain thing, you might come to realize, you know, in the grand scope of eternity, this prayer of mine is really rather selfish, and it's really not what's best for me, not for the kingdom of God. Thirdly, also, it trains us not to trust in circumstances. Oftentimes, we are shaped in our prayer life by circumstances rather than by the relationship. And it also demonstrates our sincerity. If we continue to persist in prayer, it demonstrates our sincerity in what we believe we need to ask from God. And then obviously then persistent prayer demonstrates genuine faith. So we ask the question, does prayer work? Yes. Because when we truly pray, we spend time in the presence of God. And every moment that we spend in the presence of God... We get to know God better. And the, the deeper we know God, then the better is our prayer life shaped around His kingdom's causes and the things that will bring glory and honor to Him more than to us. Now, here's the third lesson from this story today, and that's this, that God demands that we pray in faith. God demands that we pray in faith. Jesus wrapped all this up in verse 8 by saying, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, this is a parable about prayer and the lessons that we can learn about prayer, but it's also a challenge to our faith. So, what kind of faith is it that we need to have in this, in this dialogue with God that we call prayer and learning about prayer through the experiences of life? Well, number one, our faith has to be then in God's desire and ability to answer our prayers. When you pray, do you really expect God to answer your prayers? Or do you just offer up the prayer because that's what you've been taught? That's what you've always heard. And, and you've read it somewhere in the Bible. The scripture tells us in James 1, but when he asks, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. So when we pray, we have to have the faith to believe that God will hear and respond and we must not pray with doubt. Then secondly, our faith has to be in God's faithfulness. You know, that's just promises. We've already read some of them already uh, today of God's faithfulness in hearing our prayers and responding to our prayers. 
So when we pray, and we pray persistently, and in the name of Jesus, and for the glory of God, then God's character and faithfulness is on the line, not ours. See, he's faithful even when we are faithless. So it's got to be faith in God's faithfulness then. And then the third kind of faith that we have to have when we pray is that we have to have faith in God's timing and purpose in answering our prayers. We, we, we live in the culture today where we are shaped by speed and efficiency. Everything from a microwave oven to, to how fast um, your internet service is. And of course we want efficiency. We want everything to be done right and to be done well. And so we want the same thing from God. But we have to have the faith then that trust in God's timing and purpose in answering our prayers. See, why, why do we need that patience? Because of the way that God can and does respond to our prayers. You see, God may answer your prayer quickly. Jesus said that in verse 8. And sometimes God does answer our prayers quickly. I think we've all probably had an experience of that. We've prayed for something and the answer came quite quickly. And we said, you know, boy, this thing really works. And then what happened the next time we prayed about something? We expected an immediate answer. And it didn't come quickly. So you got to have the faith in that, in God's timing. See, God also might choose to answer your prayers later rather than quickly. Remember, God always hears and he always answers, but sometimes not now, but later. Remember this, delay is not denial. God's timing is always perfect. His timing is always perfect. And then we got to have the faith to believe that God may answer your prayer in a better way than what you ask for. Could you imagine Billy Graham having been married to anybody else besides Ruth Graham? Ruth Graham made a comment one time and she said, uh, God has something better in store for you because if God had answered every prayer of mine, I would have married the wrong man seven times. See, maybe you've been praying for something a long time and you haven't gotten something better instead. Maybe things have even gotten worse. What do you do? Well, you either give up on prayer or you wait. See, delay does not mean denial. You wait. And God's answers are always going to be in his time and in the way that brings him the greatest glory. Always the greatest glory. And then we have to have faith in God's timing because Sometimes God may answer your prayer simply, no. A lot of us have to learn that no is a very acceptable answer. Sometimes we just ask things of God that he has to say to us, no. Every loving parent knows you cannot grant the request of your children, every request. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's right then. Sometimes it's, well, maybe later. One of our favorite answers as parents is always what? Maybe later. 
maybe later. You know, God is a loving parent, says the same thing to us. C.S. Lewis said some great words about this. He said, prayer is a request. And the essence of a request, as distinct from a demand, is that it may or may not be granted. We always have to learn that. Prayer is a request, and it might be granted or it might not. But the bottom line is God always hears our prayers, and he always answers. Sometimes quickly, sometimes later, sometimes better, sometimes no. So I think we wrap all this up about learning to pray by saying prayer is a learning process about our faith, about our persistence, and about our priorities and our patience, all as we grow in that relationship with God. And the greatest benefit of prayer is that time we spend with God and the way that we grow in that wonderful, loving relationship with God. So I encourage you to pray, to pray positively and to pray patiently. Father, we thank you for the wonderful opportunity and privilege of prayer to join you in the work of your kingdom and to bring to you the deepest concerns that we have of our heart, those things that perhaps burden us the most, or those things that bring us the greatest joy, or those things that we know are in accordance with your kingdom desire. But Father, help us to understand that first you want us to grow in the relationship with you, And then that we have to have the faith to trust you as to how you will hear and respond to our prayer. Give us the faith to do that so that we continue to pray persistently and grow in that relationship with you. And Father, I pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen.